0: At
1: bay. The Tampa Bay Bucks
2: Super Bowl Fifty Five. Hello and welcome to the Bucks Banter podcast for this Friday night banter edition, live on Bucks Report. Uh, it's nice to uh, see everyone this evening. Gentlemen, how are we doing? We got, we got Bo Danyard and Scott Capron in the building. Nice to have the three of us back together again. It's been too long.
1: Been too long. <clears throat> been too long. Good to see you guys. Happy Friday. Let's talk some ball.
2: I'm into it. I like it. A business-like approach.
1: You know, I'm going to be honest, dude. With the baby... The Fridays, they're coming fast and furious, and uh, even a 9 o'clock p.m. Uh, start time is uh, is getting to me a little bit, so, uh, you know, I got some things on the agenda, ready to knock them off, both in this pod and, and possibly around the house, and uh, yeah, just, just wanted to get to it.
0: Nice. High well, um, efficiency Capron, we love it.
1: Yes. <laughs> it's the yes. first time first time in, in history, so you guys are yeah really witnessing something.
2: Well, speaking of agendas, what we're going to do this evening, we're going we're going to discuss last night. Obviously, we all watched it. Uh, we're going to talk about that game a little bit, the status of the Buccaneers. Uh, we're going to get into some NFL news going on, and then we're going to uh, see see what kind of picks we have to offer uh, approaching this Sunday from a gambling perspective. So that's the agenda for this twenty seventh episode of the Bucks Banter podcast.
1: Wow, wow, wow. I know twenty seven. Who'd have thought? Look at us. Look at us.
2: Still not canceled. Our Can- Sean Alexander <laughs> episode.
1: Oh, man. A true Madden curse victim. One of my faves, Sean Alexander. Yeah. Remember how good he was for a few yeah, years? Yeah, he was insanely good. good like yeah. just so good. Yeah. I, I used to remember
0: the huge shoulder pads like he had yeah.
1: monstrous shoulder pads. he yeah.
2: wasn't the, he wasn't the swaggiest, but like I remember first seeing him at Bama and like being like, "Damn." And then obviously he had those years that you're alluding to Scott in the NFL where he was you know MVP candidate like did he win an MVP he was yeah, special he I feel ran. like
1: he won uh he an offensive player of the year right for because you know for whatever reason those are separate awards um but yeah he was so yeah he may, he may have been the least swaggiest to be to be fair but uh so awesome man he was fun to watch yeah he was yeah. like it was like Carl MV- Malone M- he got yeah. both <laughs> M-
0: MVP. MVP and Offensive Player of the Year
1: oh, in
0: 2005. There
1: you go. There you go. That was a year. He's like Carl Malone. Well, he just
0: had, you know, no swag. He's got, like, all these bands
2: that don't look right. I don't know. Yeah, I, yeah. You, just, you got what I was throwing down there. I right? have
1: I'm, That was good.
2: Yeah. Thanks, man. Um, so, anyway, the Buccaneers beat the Eagles 28-20 in a hostile environment last night at Lincoln Financial Field, as I'm sure everyone listening to this uh, live or – Later was watching Uh, I want to talk about the offense a little bit then I want to talk about the defense and gentlemen as always as I kind of just air my thoughts on the game you are please jump in at any point and offer your opinion as well as I tweeted out earlier uh, there's a lot of value having two objective uh, football fans here to keep me in check and I love getting your guys opinions on the buck so um, in terms of like, like Brady's numbers were modest last night, despite a really hot start. But one thing that just jumps out at me is I, I'm continually impressed by his ability to spread the ball around efficiently. He used eight different receivers with four of those players having at least five receptions. Um, despite his ability to s- distribute the ball to everyone, A.B. was undoubtedly his favorite target. He accounted for nine receptions for 91 yards and a touchdown. Mm. while continuing his usage trend this year, which is playing just about half the snaps of Evans and Godwin each game. He's he's managed to be this productive. So Wow. Yeah. All, all three of those guys, though, are over 400 yards receiving on the year. So that, again, just kind of speaks to how much Brady spreading the ball around and how lethal they are as a trio, uh,
1: all on pace to exceed a 1,000 yards this year. I don't think I would have guessed yeah. that. I don't think I would have guessed that they were all over 400 just – just, but uh you know, it, it speaks to what you're saying. How he's spreading the ball. They're just so hard to defend, man. They're so hard to defend. And sorry, just to get into the, which makes it even weirder that that game was a game in the second part of the fourth quarter. Like, I, yeah, I'm just watching. It's 28-7. Veya is doing the dance on the sideline after Fournette scored his second touchdown, and. And then you know, like half an hour, real time later, or whatever, and I couldn't believe that it was a real game going on. I was—I know that was a hot take I just gave you there, pal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it really happened. Oh God, let's call whoa, call Kate. Call Kate. We need, we need assistance down there in the boom basement. Oh, she, but she, um,
2: she's out. You'd have—you'd have to call Avery.
1: <laughs> oh no. Wow. It is time for her to step up and start saving lives, so that makes a lot of sense. Um, but seriously, didn't you guys get the... It's like, it's 28-22, they go for yeah. two to cut it to six, and it's like, are they going to lose? Like, I, I, it was unreal.
0: It was really weird. I, I think it just kind of speaks to how bad the Eagles are, because the Bucks completely stopped playing in this one. Um, huh. But it's... it's Part of it's the defense, too, and I know we're going to get to that a little bit later, but um, this offense when it's rolling, just to speak to Collins' point, like it's impossible to stop them. That first pass to O.J. So. Howard, uh, that first touchdown, the touch on that ball just over Kerrigan's reach, like it was an insane throw from Brady. Um, but yeah, I I'm surprised. I'm surprised the way that it uh, it unfolded in that fourth quarter. Um, because yeah. yeah, I had to rewatch the game, and I remember like I got home, I like saw the score in the fourth, and I'm like, how is this close? Because I left in the first quarters being like, oh, the Bucks are rolling. That's fine. Well, but uh,
1: yeah. yeah. Tampa scores to go up 28-7, and they just absolutely decimated Philly on that drive. Like there was literally no resistance. I think Aikman said it like three or four times, and it was true. It yeah. was just pick a play eight yards, next next thing seven yards. Like there was reeling off chunk plays. But then Philly gets the ball back and immediately – their best offense of the night was a pass interference, which we've discussed is such a ridiculous night. penalty. So yeah. I think that was for 45 or 50 yards the second time. Immediately puts them in scoring position, and then they capitalize, and it's now only a two-score game going into the fourth quarter. It seemed it still seemed out of reach even then, but then, you know, it's 28-22, and Brady had to complete a throw on the run with, what, like two and a half left to Brown, yeah that easily could have been knocked down or picked off or just, yeah, not completed, certainly not for a 25-yard gain or whatever it was. And, like, they needed that just to seal that game. I just – like, good for them, good for the Bucs for for doing it. It's just watching it, I couldn't believe that we were – I was like, all right, cool, I guess I'll just watch it because football's on and it's the Bucs on Thursday. And then in the fourth, it was like, oh, no, it's a real game. We have to watch here.
2: Yeah, you're totally right. I mean, as you're describing the Buccaneers, because that's kind of symbolic. That's not just this game. Like, that reminds me of the Falcons game. You know, if they were to be down, they're never out of it. But even if they're up, no matter how much, it seems like they're never out of it on the other side of things as well. Yeah. They kind of remind me of, like, myself in university. (laughs) Um, All the talent in the world, but just doing the bare minimum to get by. Down but never out. Yeah. So, (laughs) So, like... I, uh, You know, I'd be close to it being like, are we going to make it through here? But I would always end up just getting by, just squeaking by. So that's what they're doing right now. And that's why I found last night's game a little bit sloppy. And I already mentioned the, or I just mentioned the Falcons game. I find, and I tweeted about it last night, just like I find that Leftwich, whether it's Leftwich or BA or or whoever it is, Tom Brady's obviously involved. They're getting a little bit complacent. Like, I feel like their game script offensively, Uh, they they start tinkering weirdly. Like last, last night they went back. Like, I get it. You want to run the ball. Lenny's running the ball well. The Eagles are terrible against the run, and it's working great. Doesn't mean, as we've talked about, ad nauseum um over the last couple of years with the buccaneers under Leftwich running up the gut on first down they just resorted to doing that again all of a sudden yeah. when, when the game started they were mixing it up beautifully and like not being afraid to pass so i, I think you got to just stick to your identity and not not think you got to mix it up because you're up like it's once they're up a couple scores that i really start to uh, be concerned with with the change in philosophy offensively i don't know what you guys think
1: there's a pattern and they seem to let teams back into games, Yeah, right? Like it's crazy that that's going to go in the books as a six point win based on the game flow and how thoroughly Tampa dominated, you know, about 85 to 90% of the game, but that's what they're, that's what they're doing. And then if you're up by a touchdown, they only need to stop you once. Like that first down run at the gut only needs to kill you one time and, you know, get you behind the chains in order for that to not be so efficient anymore, even though they, they were running the ball well. Right. So yeah, I know it's a chicken and the egg. Like, yeah, Philly's run defense isn't great. They've had success. What are you supposed to do? I would just trust Tom Brady. I, don't go try to score. Right. Like don't too many teams lose games because they're trying not to lose. And I know we sound like broken records. It's not, it's not anything new, but it's, it's, it's like a, across the league and, and even one of the best teams in the league like Tampa isn't immune to it. And I think we saw it again last night.
2: Yeah. No, great point, Scotty. Bo, do you have yeah. anything else you want to add there?
0: On, on to yeah. That? I was just going to give a shout out. I was going to give a shout out to Lenny Fournette. just as much yeah, as, he did, uh, he played great. He was awesome. Yeah. He played unbelievable. So it made it tough to disagree. Like I just didn't like that. It was runs up the guts, but, uh, in the past game, I think he's unlocked a new feature of his game. So um, I love the way that he's catching the ball, making guys miss in space. He is He's really coming into his own uh, under the Bucks. So, And it's something that I think in the preseason we were still like, oh, I don't know if this guy's even going to be the starter. Um, I think all of us wanted Rojo to start. Um, Who, but yeah. Who knows him... how long this lasts for? True, but, true. So, like, you want to see it for a full season, but he doesn't look like he's running out of steam, that's for sure. No,
1: and he played great. I'm not trying to, like, take the wind yeah. out of it. Uh, just, like, yeah, no. we'll, we'll see how it goes. You know, it's week to week, it seems like. But uh, he was great. Did you see that he tweeted, Uh, called himself Thursday night Lenny after the game?
2: <laughs> oh, there's so many Lenny. Lenny. <laughs> many, yeah. I was hearing Lincoln Field Lenny. I was hearing long-term Lenny now because he's here to stay. Long-term Lenny's him. good. Yeah, yeah. that's true. You, Colin.
1: Um, You mentioned the hostile environment. I was just—it's. Was it hostile towards the Bucks or the Eagles? Because, (laughs) well, honestly, hostility can go
2: in many directions. I guess, yeah, that's hilarious.
1: I, you know, I don't know. I guess I haven't been too dialed into the Eagles the last few years. Maybe less uh, primetime games. I remember last year they had a Thursday nighter against the Giants, which was just. Unreal. I think it was the game where Daniel Jones t- tripped on the eight yard line when yeah, he just going to gallop in. And then somehow Carson Wentz led them to come back and score. But it's like, yeah. man, I don't know if they just want to be upset, if Philly fans just prefer it. It's like their their more um, natural state is to be mad and angry. But that cannot be easy to play in front of. Like, that is not an advantage. And I know when everything's rocking and everything's rolling, then it's yeah. great. But like... Hey, that's it's hard. You're playing Tampa. Like it's not easy to get into that that groove. That's and think- that's the way it is,
0: though. Like in Philly, right? So I know that is that's just Philly fans. It's,
1: I kind of love it, like because it's-, it's pretty unique and it's across all like every sport, which is like they definitely have their um, identity. But it was so uh, glaring last night to watch. I know it's nothing new. No. Whenever Philly struggles at home, but it was like, oh, holy shit! Like good luck. But don't you think? Any- that- oh, go ahead.
2: So I just yeah. want to say, don't you think maybe like over time, because that reputation has preceded Philadelphia fans, like you said, across all sports, has it maybe like become a self-created identity as well, where they're feeling expected to do that at this point, maybe. like they're just playing into it, you know? I don't and know. Maybe they, can,
1: they can't help it, yeah. Yeah, or they're leaning into it because it's like something, it's their thing, even though it doesn't help the team necessarily. But yeah, there's there's probably something to that. It's just, I don't know, it's just wild.
2: And I Is didn't see any- it. I didn't see it, but apparently Ben Simmons was sitting like row one, 50 yard line, and no uh way. he he didn't like the PI call and he got like super agitated and he he tried to throw his his uh his coke that he was drinking onto the field and he missed from row <laughs> one.
1: <laughs> I was okay. wondering, I was like, Oh my god, there's no way he was actually at the game, right? Yeah, I don't think that he's showing himself in Philly. That would have been as ballsy as possible.
2: It would have
0: been. I, is there any athlete that's ingratiated themselves since Allen Iverson in Philly? Like, is Joel Embiid mm-hmm. the only one that's close? Oh, is Jason Kelsey, maybe?
1: Michael Carter Williams.
0: <laughs> Rookie but Asian they don't – They don't really, Like, one. honestly, I think, like, Iverson is – In my lifetime is the only guy I can think of that's just, like, they undeniably are like, we love this guy.
2: Yeah, Lowry. Yeah, Lowry. You,
0: but I think you could. see like get if they were there for sure, right? Yeah,
2: no. Like Kelsey's I an interesting one, though. Maybe, maybe Kelsey's it's got... the
0: closest one. I think.
2: Yeah, I, but he's the center. Wentz, exactly.
1: Wentz at the start. Wentz at the start. I think it, people loved Wentz those first yeah. couple years. I mean, it obviously yeah. kept, but they were pretty like adamant that he was a top tier quarterback. I don't think those first two years of his career, I don't think anyone was um you know trying to run Carson Wentz out of town which is a pretty yeah. good badge of honor as a as a you know a player in Philadelphia um like
0: yeah I'd say it just to say like the only like redeeming quality of Philly fan uh, I just call them all Philly fan um <laughs> is Regular. that they loved Allen Iverson and loved him undeniably even when the media tried to like turn against Allen Iverson at the end there and like they get the whole practice clip and everything the fans I've never wavered at all right that so you, they they have it in their hearts somewhere deep down it's just like no other athlete has been able to tap into it yet
1: yeah all you have to do is be the most transcendent athlete of a generation <laughs> yeah, exactly. and then they'll, they'll be uh they'll be with you
2: and i never knew he was a cowboys fan until recently so what do you think if they knew that they'd even know oh, wow that? They'd yeah. want him, like you know, his name down from the rafters. I don't know.
0: I didn't. I did not know that, but yeah, they'd be after blood if they knew that
2: for sure. But I do. I I like that you brought up Lenny because um, I'm totally buying it. I think Lenny looks fantastic, and like you said, yeah. like, you know h- h- what he's added to his game as a receiver out of the backfield. Last year during the playoffs, he was getting the job done again. Back mm-hmm. to my university, just barely, Um, and it didn't look supernatural. But he he is catching the ball far more confidently. And it looks like he's actually, like, really improving within this system. Yeah. I don't know if either of you are aware, but um, it's been, like, discussed about, I guess there was a real breaking point last year or close to. Um, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners are aware, the Bucks fans. But, like, so I, he was close. To, like, Bruce had to tell him at one point. It was the game after he got benched um, shortly after he was signed and, and came over uh, after being released from Jacksonville. And he was kind of like pouting or whatever on the sideline, and like because he wasn't getting the touches, and he just he, he just didn't dress the previous game. And Bruce said, Lenny or, or Leonard, he said, "Go to, go to the dressing room. I'm gonna give you 30 minutes to figure your shit out. Either come back ready to go, or I'll release you if that's what you want. But you need to give me one of those two answers. You're either all in or you're out." And Thanks. Lenny came back 30 minutes later, and with a totally different mentality that was visible to Bruce, and said, "I'm ready. I'm ready." That week, that week, Rojo got hurt, and Lenny started, and that was kind of the beginning of him um, rejuvenating his career as a respectful running back.
0: I love that story. I love – it's just – it's totally Bruce. No risk it, no biscuit. And it doesn't Uh work for everyone. I think, like, I'm sure there's a lot of players who just wouldn't react well to that that are still really good players in the league. But, um, yeah, you're a special type of person to play for uh, Bruce Arians. And yeah, it's a it is a completely all in. It's one hundred or zero. So good for Lenny. He found, he's found a home in Tampa. As far as I'm concerned, like six games in or five game six games in. I guess it is. Um, yeah, I, I I love everything we saw from him last night. Um, and I think he's he's gonna be. It seems like he's figured something out.
1: Is is what I'm trying to get at. Man, what a tough spot for those running backs, though. They know they only get like six or seven prime years of their body to to yeah. actually make as much money as possible and do as much as they can for their career. And it's like, well, you're splitting snaps. Well, that you know that takes a pretty good percentage of anything I yeah. can do away. Like I, I know you have to be a good teammate and and you know do whatever you can to help the team win. But it's, I, it's not easy, right? Like it's not. Just this foregone thing, but good for him for uh, for getting over it. And uh, look looks like it's paying off for him, so that's awesome.
2: Definitely. Um, and then on the defensive side, like...
0: I was going to say, let's talk about the defense.
2: Yeah, so like one thing I will say is I was pleased with the effort all around last night on the defensive yeah. side of the ball. So yeah. I recognize that effort and motor should never be in question when discussing athletes who are paid millions of dollars to perform. But we all know that is not the case in actuality. True. And I was really impressed with the effort of those guys. And I mean, especially when you get like the the injuries just continue to mount for this unit. Like, obviously, mainly the secondary. They're already down two starting corners, arguably their best corners. They're down Levante David, their most reliable best safety in Antoine Winfield. And then they lose Richard Sherman to a hamstring very early in the game. So for being so undermanned, I thought those guys played pretty well last night, especially Jamel Dean. I mean, yeah, he had pi in a couple couple moments but he's he's hurt himself he just came back and he, yeah. and that was a beautiful pick he had down the sideline he he out receiver the receiver there yeah he's unbelievable so, um th- just some thoughts that i had related to the secondary
0: there um not sure what you guys oh, you, saw yeah not not the secondary but the uh front seven i loved everything from shaq barrett last night he was like, it didn't show up. I think it showed as he has, like, a half sack. It should have been one and a half sacks. Um, I think in the second quarter, he tackled Jalen Hurts in the backfield but kind of carried him a yard across the line of scrimmage. Uh-huh. That should have been a sack. Um, but he was constantly in that backfield, constantly making Jalen Hurts uh, 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 scramble. I, I, loved, I loved everything from Jack Barrett last night.
2: Bang on, man. Barrett looked uh, amazing to me. He was popping he was yeah. popping it was very obvious he he can move eh? he's fast oh. he's very and,
0: fast yeah when
2: him and tryon were out there in pursuit at the same time i was like i saw shack there yeah. and i was like holy shit that is fast for for, <laughs> yeah. for, an, for an edge rusher and then tryon just flies by him and takes like a, just
1: ran step for step with hurts he's like, a freak hurts was kind of trying to turn it upfield he couldn't decide if he was going to stay behind the line and try to throw it or, or and tryon just stayed with him and just kind of like veered him out of bounds step for step without giving up an extra yard i don't it was some second or third quarter whatever it was like a nondescript play i was like look at the size of this guy hurts can run and he's doing that it was unbelievable
2: yeah hurts is pretty much an nfl running back like that's how he how he runs the football um tryon needs more snaps jts needs needs more snaps still early
1: still early where do, sure where do you take is. him from where do you take him from though?
2: jpp he's coming off an injury he's banged up he's got a club on yeah, his hand fair. he's been he's been very ineffective these last two games if we're being honest
0: yeah um i
1: feel like jpp always has a club on. i think
0: his he's hands. yeah i was gonna say i didn't know i didn't know how to break that to him but like that was just yeah, part
1: yeah. of his like part of his yeah. uniform kind of thing he's like oh yeah i, I broke have... forearm i'm gonna club you
0: um no yeah, he doesn't but... have any fingers he only has no. three fingers on that yeah
1: head. no i know i'm always yeah i'm always aware of the three finger thing but i remember he definitely played with a cast uh, at the giants as well yeah that's true maybe that was one time could have been nine years ago whatever i guess i can get past it he
2: uh but he's just he's not right yet like his shoulders banged up and i think i think you could at least this is a good time to be sharing some of those jpp snaps with jts and i I, you're right cap it is early Um, but i also think at some point like Their defense has had had issues this year, clearly. And he has been undoubtedly more effective when he's in the game than JPP has. Yeah. And I don't.
1: Yeah. And I'm not disagreeing with you at all. I mean, get that guy in there. I just I would imagine that bowls and they have a pretty uh, strict plan and or uh, schedule for what they're trying to get him to do and and, uh, get him peaking for the end of the season. Um, But yeah, I mean, he's been he's been fantastic.
2: And yeah, you're right. That's I mean, and he has a lot of loyalty with Bulls, obviously, and he, he's a big guy in that dressing room. So um, many reasons why he's he's getting all those snaps.
0: And I like, I do like, I do want to have the come to Jesus moment with you about the Bucks and the defense and where they stand in the whole landscape of the NFL. But I think the thing that's amplifying how bad they've looked so far is that they're playing a completely different brand of football than anybody else in the league or playing against a completely different brand of football than anybody else in the league teams are completely giving up the run just I think in the first half the Eagles ran it once with Miles Sanders they ran it 19 times the entire game 10 of those were Jalen Hurts a lot of those were just scrambles um, not called runs Um, the way that they're everyone is just zoning in being like we're giving up we're not we're not running the ball we have to try to pass it against this team um it amplifies obviously the this the injuries in the secondary but also just um you guys don't have the cover court the cover uh linebackers to deal with the tight ends or you see like Zacherts kind of went off went off as much as anybody in that offense did last night. Um but yeah it's it's different it's a different game that defense is up against because they're they're used to getting a few plays where they just look awesome stopping the run, stuffing the run, getting to the guys going edge to edge, making people run east to west. But they they're just not seeing that this year because they're just not calling those plays against them.
2: And it's the right strategy to employ it is. It is. By, it is. By these opposing it is. teams. If you're not doing that, then I don't know what you're what you're watching because they have an incredible run D, obviously. But though you're right, the same way that of what you're speaking to in terms of it like being difficult to discern how bad the back end of our defense is when they're getting thrown on such a, at a historically abundant rate, like it's obscene. Um, It's also, it's making our our rushing defense numbers look that much better because they're giving up so few numbers. So it's like, sure, have the best rushing D ever. We're just not going to bother. And we're going to see how much you adjust. And Bo, you've talked about this. You noticed this a few weeks ago um, about, about how frequently Todd Bowles drops his, his edge rushers into coverage, right? And that's hate something it. That, hate it. that he's done. But it really do, like a, like just throw extra DBs out there. And he started to do it a bit last night more than he exactly. has recently. I, I like the
0: I like the gameplay in last night. Yeah, it was a little yeah,
2: better. It was better because he showed that he was a, like I guess he's forced to um, at yeah. some point when you're running out. You know, a guy from who, who was just filming the movie The Replacements ten years ago, and you're running him <laughs> out there at, at defensive back. Um, but he. Did. He did like so he's got to play more of that, you know, the dime and nickel coverage where he's got five yeah. DBs on the field, especially when Devin White's been a liability in coverage this year. Um, as we've yeah. discussed. So. To be
1: fair, they bottled up the Eagles for like a huge chunk of the game. Yeah. Now they Philly capitalized on what of uh, like we talked about earlier, what essentially equated to two huge plays, which were pass interference calls, right? So kind of skews it because they scored touchdowns on those two drives and, you know, most times you're going to score or have a good chance to score. If you complete a 50 and a 45 yard pass and those were 50 and 45 yard penalties, So it's a little bit, you know, you got to read between the lines as to what you were to what you actually saw out there. But, um, yeah, they're, I mean, they're going to have to go up against some pretty good passing offenses. Uh, if they're going to get back to the Super Bowl. and then who we'll, we'll see who they're gonna, who they would play obviously. But, um, Something to consider for sure. Something that needs to be looked at.
2: Yeah, and generally, though, uh, more specifically in terms of the way that teams are attacking this defense that I alluded to being the right way um, is surprisingly it's not a ton of deep shots because yeah. uh, Bowles likes to protect. He likes to have two deep safeties. He, he doesn't want to give up the big play. But what, what they are susceptible, susceptible to with his defensive scheme are those short passes over the middle. Um, and again, with Devin white struggling in coverage, like, so they're they're not giving up a ton of explosive plays. They're just giving up so many completions that are are equivalent of like a seven yard run, like yeah, to to tight end slot receivers, running backs out of the backfield. So that's really their Achilles heel right now. And with Levante David being out of the lineup, that becomes that much more glaring, um, I thought, I thought Devin White was looking better in coverage yesterday. But, again, it was the Eagles. Their offense wasn't looking good at the same time. So, it was kind of tough to decipher why things went how they did. From my perspective, it was not a pretty game. Um, but the Bucs got the win. And they're 5-1. Yeah. Despite, yeah. despite this this anemic defense we're discussing and all of these injuries. Um, and, I, you know, I, I actually am finding that the uh, Leonard Fournette renaissance to be – good it's giving me peace of mind because at least i know who we're running out there and we don't have to talk about ronald jones every week so yeah. at least we're, we're developing hopefully some something secure that we can rely on there once we get guys coming back we have this cushy part of the schedule
1: um, very nice
2: you know if we can this yeah. could be a fine time to be dealing with this and hopefully it just has guys coming back healthy you know carlton davis Sean Murphy, bunting get inserted back into the lineup um
1: so nice to get a win on Thursday too, right? To get those mm-hmm. extra couple days plus just, oh, and you actually, you know, check, job job done um, for what you're actually trying to do, get that dub. That was, yeah, that, that's awesome. So, just, you know, I ahead, guess bro. my,
0: yeah, yeah. My thing is just like we talked about the g- uh, cushy part of the schedule and I think they talked about it on the broadcast last night too. But if you really look at the Buck schedule, they're not really going to play anybody until the playoffs. Um <laughs> like they play buffalo in week 14 that's going to be probably the toughest game of the year other and than the rams
1: that um, could be like uh both teams are 10 and 2 or like that could be yeah that could really be that gigantic. could be an awesome
0: yeah. game yeah. but i yeah. i think the level of competition that the bucks are going to play this season um makes like that first playoff game is just going to be a a huge jump in competition i'm guessing um Depends on if they get the buy or not, if they can make it to the top of the... Stay at the top of the... Stay at the top of the NFC. But I... I don't know. Like, what do you guys think about Carolina? I guess you're going to play Carolina late in the year. Only one of those games might matter. Sixteen, Week 16 and week week 18. But other than that, you guys don't play anyone other than Buffalo. I guess if you think the Saints are going to put up a fight being an NFC South team. But... It's a lot of Washington, it's a lot of Atlanta, Indianapolis. Like, I don't know. Like, what do you guys what do you how are you feeling, Boom, about where this team is gonna be as you're closing out the season? Is it gonna be about the record or is it gonna be more about who's healthy, who's not healthy, and where you guys stand that from that perspective? Like what do you wanna see the rest of this season? It's a
2: great, it's a great point you bring up about you know, will they have faced enough adversity in terms of the quality of opponents they've played to be well-prepared and well-oiled entering the postseason? They'll be fine. I'm not worried about it because we got Tom Brady, a quarterback. And And because we had the exact same team last year, so they dealt with this last year as the underdogs. And, like, the way they, like, they knew when it mattered. They knew what they had to do. Tom Brady made sure of it. And they were like, that sounds cliche. Tom Brady made sure of it. Greatest quarterback of all time. But, like the influence that he has on that locker room is unbelievable like you got to hear them talk about the speech he had at that Super Bowl I don't know if you guys have heard about his speech like like just as as a you know a little example um he's not going to let them not be prepared so I would I would happily accept the cushy-ish schedule and have to you know have that in the back of my mind and 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 trust that they're going to come to play in that one game and that Tom Brady and this coaching staff will have them prepared, but they're all all these guys are coming, know what it takes to win a Super Bowl, and they did it in pretty miraculous fashion as underdogs in a gritty way, especially in that Super Bowl. Pure grit, pure determination. They won their match, their battles, so they know how to do it. So, yeah, you
1: know. I, I agree. I see where you're coming from, Bo, but it's not, and not to undercut the point, but it's not mm-hmm. like they're playing the JV. Like they still have their division games, they still have the Bills, they're still going to be playing against them borderline playoff teams towards the end of the year like they're sticking up to fight and claw and, and like just because it's such a hard league now yeah it's it's it sets the schedule sets up for them to go on a real run here and, and finish with a pretty gaudy record maybe even better than I would have thought at the start of the season but um they know they know the deal they know the deal they're you like you asked boom um you know is it more about the standing or is it the health it's it's both they would prefer, I'm sure they would rather play at home and um, get everyone through the schedule uh, or get everyone to the playoffs and be good to go. The other thing is like the, the I don't think any of the wildcard teams from the NFC are too troubling. I don't know about, Oh, I, I shouldn't say that the, fir- whoever doesn't win the NFC West. So yeah, the Cardinals or the Rams, obviously that's going to be a tough out for whoever that would be, but that won't be, I would be shocked if that's the bucks as the, as the four seed, but Whoever the last two are, like you know, we like Carolina, but if they sneak in, they're not scaring anyone as much as they're just like a pretty solid kind of fun team, right? So yeah, I don't know. Not
2: this year. Not this year. Anyway. Not this year.
1: Not this yeah. year. It'll be. I, I'm really sorry. Just a little tangent. I'm really interested to see yeah who ends up grabbing those last couple um, wild card spots in the NFC because a lot of mediocre teams are going to be fighting it out, and then with Seattle, maybe. Taking themselves out of it or not taking themselves but being out of it with uh with the with the Russell situation. It's yeah, uh, yeah we'll we'll see what happens.
0: I just I, I think it just goes back to what I saw last night where you're basically you're playing this team that you're supposed to blow out, and I think that they're gonna find themselves in this situation. Like, can't you just see Bucks first playoff game? They're favored by like eight and a half or something because they went ten and or like fifteen and two or something like that, and you're up and you get into a fight with a team that's actually good. And it's the first fight that this team has really been in. Like the Rams game, okay, like I don't know what you guys thought about that, but the second half of that game, it kind of got away from the Bucs and they kind of not folded, but they basically said, okay, well, we can't – we're not going to get there tonight. Um, and then the Dallas game, thats the first week of the season. I, I, I Like I think we all think Dallas is really good, but that wasn't – It was not first game. Exactly. It's like, you can get up for that game. But it's, I just, as much as I am like, okay, I believe in Tom Brady. I trust the process. I believe in everything that they've done last season. They've proved it already. I would just, the schedule is almost like a burden to me at this point. It's kind of the biggest red flag I have for this, for this team right now is just like, when are they going to play someone? Like other than the Bills, let's see what, like, I want to see what they, what they look like against the Bills. Because that game should be huge for the Bucks and not that big for the Bills. Because the, the Bucks and need to go out there and send a message. Like send a message against these teams. Like the Dolphins, you kind of send a message. But yeah. the Dolphins, they're not really. They're not playing their starters. They, they suck. have two offensive coordinators. They're horrible. Um, but like send a message against the Eagles. Send a message against your. Indianapolis Colts. Whenever you whenever you play them, like send a message let's, against a few of these teams and blow them out. Like let's not worry about against the spread anymore with this. I team. get
1: where you're, I get where you're coming from, Bo, But that feels like an ivory tower thing. Like, sure. like going on the road and beating a team with a pulse. And I know you don't worry about the spread or blah blah blah. They were favored by seven. They probably should have won by seven or you know or easily yeah. could have covered right. So like it's not. um
0: but they are an ivory tower team. You know what I mean? Like, they are, they are, like, the cream. Like, you aren't supposed to be going out. The Eagles should be coming out and being, like, we're not even supposed to be on the field tonight. Like, why Why is everything we're trying to do so hard? And I think offensively it felt like that, but there were some moments in that game where you're just like, hey, why are you guys asleep here? Like, let's wake yeah. up. We're clearly the better team here. Yep. As, as Tapasio.
2: As Tapasio says on YouTube, be dominant. And, Bo, that's yeah. what you're looking for against the inferior competition. It's obviously what I want to see, too. And that's how, why I discuss a, a win like last night is ugly. Same with the win versus the Falcons. Those those speak yeah. out. That Bills game will be big because we'll see how much they get up for, for a game against what looks like the best team in the NFL right now. Um, exactly. On both sides of the ball, the Bills legit look like the best team in football right now. Yeah. Um, Juggernaut. But. But we got lots of time for them to work up to that, and I'm okay. Yeah, that,
1: that's where I'm at too. Fair, fair. you
2: know. So, yeah. so it's a long season. Like if you if you got to grind out these ugly wins right now, while you have this depleted secondary, and all these teams are figuring each other out, um, and, and you're adjusting to this this strange opposition um it's like a collective understanding throughout the league that you you yeah. have to attack our defense this way like they got to just settle in and figure out what's going to work and then I, I just hope at some point i would like to see them dominate some of these inferior opponents and i think they will
0: 20.
2: i think and, they will. and i i think they need a,
0: you need you need to go ah. into these games being like we're playing against we're playing against the bucks from last year basically because getting to the Super Bowl again and winning the Super Bowl again is going to be way harder than anything you guys had to do last year. So let's start seeing it. Let's see it. Like, if you guys have that in you, I want to see you blow out the Eagles on a Thursday night. I want to see you blow out the Colts, blow out the Dolphins, which they did. But I just want to see them go out there and do it against these lesser competitions and just say, we're not playing against the score anymore. We're not calling plays because we're lazy and we just want to run it up the gut and we want to see what Lenny has. Like, let's go out there and take care of business against all these teams like and send a message throughout the NFL. And I think the Bucks, like that's where the Bucks are. Like as much as you like what they're doing right now, it's great for like, it would be great for the Chargers. You know what I mean? Like the way that they're playing these games or it's great for any of these teams that haven't been there before, but the Bucks have been there before. And if they want to go there again, they're going to have to start beating teams more handily and sending messages. I
2: like it. I like it. I, I, I don't disagree. Um, and- so that's where, where we stand um, on the Buccaneers. Ten days rest before they're going to take on Justin Fields and the Bears at Raymond James Stadium in week seven. Uh, let's talk a little bit about some things going on around the NFL, gentlemen, and, and chime in with anything that's caught your attention today, this week, heading into uh, this Sunday's slate of games, whatever it may be. Um, Carson, Chris Carson was put on the IR today, by the way, to joining Russell Wilson. Both guys going to be out at least the next three weeks. Um, add Carson to the list of of top tier running backs. Saquon, Nick Chubb, Christian McCaffrey are all also on the shelf this weekend with injuries. Um, Kingsbury uh, tested positive for COVID, that just came out. He's gonna miss this Browns game this weekend, which is a big one for the Cardinals. Um, But I think they'd almost rather not have their head coach than have the Browns (laughs) have Nick Chubb. Who knows? Yeah, um, and then speaking of the Cardinals,
1: that's a net win. Leaving Kingsbury and Chubb, like I, I honestly think that's not the end of the world for Arizona.
2: Yeah, Kingsbury's been doing better though. I mean, it seems this year. Like I haven't been watching a ton of the cards. I'm just seeing what they're doing more than anything. If I'm being totally honest. Um, but I mean, he must be doing something right over there, gentlemen. But we'll see what happens. This is a big
0: game for them. Well, they uh, they just have. Like their roster is unbelievable, and they've got so much talent on both sides of the ball. Um, I think I've watched a few of those Kingsbury games. I've bet on a few of those Kingsbury games, and it's it's a roller coaster at times. Like I think when they play the Vikings, you're kind of sweating that with me. Boom, Um, you just you have no idea what's going to go on in the fourth quarter with this guy because in the first half he is extremely ultra aggressive and plays the game the way that we love to watch coaches call a game um but yeah like he'll just mail in possessions in the fourth quarter just because okay we have to lead let's just kind of sit on it and when you have kyler murray you can't really do that you you shouldn't really do that because you can you can every time you touch the ball it's a possible six so um yeah i i, I don't know i'm i i i am not that worried about the cardinals not having kingsbury as much as i'm worried about the browns not having nick chubb possibly for an extended period fair
2: and speaking of the Cardinals I mean they just acquired Zach Ertz fresh off uh his his last game uh versus the Buccaneers that we all watched last yeah. night so uh he, he was is he tri- gonna play qual- Sunday I don't know uh, is he allowed to I guess he would I be. honestly
1: don't know how that works
0: <laughs> that would be wild if he, I, be I feel wild. like they'll just
1: probably a great not question
0: him, but a great I would love question.
1: to see that I'm sure that's happened before that must have happened before first guy to ever play 18 regular season games
2: that is, yeah. a gra- that is a yeah, great a question. Point. I'm I'm reading here he, he's not eligible.
1: Uh, yeah, okay. That probably makes sense. According hey, can, to I
2: can I
0: give a shout-out? Can I give a shout-out to the host of this podcast for saying in June that the Cardinals should have went out and got Zach Ertz?
1: That's right. He's got the receipts and everything. Big receipt guy.
0: I had to throw those out there. Thanks for that shout-out, Bodan. I appreciate
2: it. Killing uh, it. Just made sense, though, right? Because they obviously weren't committing to Ertz and – you know we were we were looking at every team in the NFL's roster over and over during our busy offseason previewing each division and yeah. looking at that team I was getting excited about the weapons especially after drafting Rondell Moore and just seeing that glaring hole at, at the tight end position which which I mean, I mean a, most of the good teams have at, at the very least a serviceable tight end so it just kind of seemed like the perfect fit um, but anyway they've done it now and I think I think it could be a, a really good situation for the player and the team. We'll see what Ertz has left. Kind of a strange fallout in Philly, yeah. though. Like, is he old and washed? Or have is there something behind behind the scenes? Because he looks fine to me. Do they just, like, Goddard more? Uh, which is fine. I'm just... It's kind of been peculiar how that's happened. Like, he, it's like they're, like, saying, "Nah, get out of here. Or it's, like, just request a trade, dude. Like, something. And he's kind of like, no, I want to be here. Like, I want to be in Philly. I'm a Philly bro. Like, I'm like a Kelsey bro, but a tight end.
0: I don't know. Yeah, and I think what? the Eagles... <laughs> I think the Eagles are kind of giving up on this season. I forget who tweeted it out, but I think last week or the week before, if the season would have ended, the Eagles would have had pick four and pick nine in the draft. Like, they've got a ton of uh, optimism looking forward. But, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, um, I don't Eagles know why they're giving up on Ertz.
2: Eagles have three top ten picks next year if the draft happened
0: today. Wow. Yeah, that's insane. That's, that's insane. massive. Yeah, oh, that's a, nice. that's like season. That's franchise changing.
1: Yeah, that's huge. That's unreal.
2: I was on a debate last night before the game on some other network uh, versus f- versus an Eagles fan. <laughs> What's that?
1: CNN. I thought I saw <laughs> you on there. But, no, uh, obviously uh, yeah, it was. O-
2: obviously it was Fox News.
1: Oh, oh, nice. Yeah.
2: No, no, Um, but oh, shit. Where was I going with that? It sounds just like a shameless plug, but there was actually a purpose. <laughs> About
1: Chelsea okay.
2: with Philly? No, about the uh, draft picks. That's how oh. you
1: debate. Did you oh, I, oh, sorry.
2: And what I was going to say is I, I had to bring up the Justin Jefferson thing because he was talking about their speed oh, in Rieger, yeah. in Rieger and, and Quez Watkins. And I was like, yeah, I wonder how Justin Jefferson would have looked, looked there, buddy. Like, Because you can't not bring that up. Imagine they had Justin Jefferson as well, and then they go and have these three top ten picks. But as scott's as scott's hand in the air probably signifies it's like yeah hindsight's 2020 that's how these things go you can't hit on everyone i don't know or i'm just reading into scott's body language too much
1: no i dude i'm just like involuntarily spasming over here just trying to figure it all out (laughs) don't don't look don't don't look at me for literally anything so you're You're, good you're
2: you're the you're the the justin jefferson of young father scott all right
1: Uh, third time has been called that today third time that's unreal Once by me and then another by my neighbor after I asked her to do it. So
2: Yeah, you're no Jory Rieger.
1: No, 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 I'm not. (laughs) No, I'm not.
2: Um, Yeah, so in terms of like that's any of like the NFL news. I know we got – you guys probably have some picks that we – maybe now is a good time to shift to that. The only other thing I just briefly actually want to touch on first, the Kansas City Chiefs, boys. Yeah. Someone's up. Wild. Someone's up. And you know what I was thinking? Like, if one of those guys goes down now, one of Kelsey Hill or Mahomes, like that could be catastrophic for them, right? Their defense well, that, that would always defense. be catastrophic, for Of course well, it would, yeah. but yeah, but now more so
0: by they've already accu- accrued these losses. This yeah, because it's pretty unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, really wish you would have picked – I wish I would have picked somebody else to win that division just oh. to be like, go. You Let's just be the contrarian but yeah that uh it's not looking good that's for sure that defense is well,
1: horrible um yeah the defense is abominable like they couldn't I, I think the offense you can see they're playing with the burden of we absolutely need to score every single time we touch the yeah. ball which is to their credit they play like that anyway they're trying to score as many points so but I don't know. I don't know. It it, something looks a little bit off. I don't, I'm not writing them off or anything like that. I still trust them. Mahomes still my the best player in the league, I think. And, um, you know, they can they can maybe write the ship this week at Washington, but, um, there's something up. There's like they got dismantled. Like, you know, that game was not close. Buffalo was better. It was in Kansas City and they deserve like Buffalo deserved to win. And they talk about leaving your like imprint on a game. They won by 18. They like they they just kicked the absolute shit out of them. Like we'll we'll see. I, I'm I'd be really interested to see what happens if you know KC's down by four with 10 minutes left out Washington or something this week, right? Because who knows? Who knows what could happen.
0: Sure. It's the uh almost the opposite end of the uh or not opposite but kind of a similar case as what the Bucks are going through. Um, for one, I think They're still getting played like they are the best team in the league, and that they are getting everyone's best shot every week. And then also on the other hand, I think, yeah, but also on the other hand is that they their defense is playing a completely different brand of football this year. Every time somebody gets the ball and it's third and three or four and three, they're still going for it. So they got to stop everyone four times every possession. That's Um, true. So that's that's the it's it's gonna like make their defense look that much worse but that defense isn't good like even if you give them if you only had they're playing cfl football they'd still be giving up the, probably the same amount of of uh, yards and touchdowns right now
1: it's yeah other coaches are playing to win against yeah them. they're not leaving anything to chance and they're aggressive and they're doing everything they can to win that exact game which we know that other coaches against other good teams are simply not doing that. Right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's, that's a great point. But let's, let's see, let's give them, let's see if they reel off like six in a row here and just write and the ship. But, um, yeah, I think there's something going on. Um, a couple things, two more will not, I think we should talk about two things before we do our picks. Um, I don't know if you guys want to just maybe throw out anything about Gruden. Um, and what happened, I mean, I don't know if we have to, but maybe just a couple minutes on it. I kind of wanted to just, I mean, all of it's deplorable. He's, he's an asshole. I'm sure there's a ton of people who are actually speaking like that as well. And it's, it's probably going to shine a light on even more guys who are, um, speaking in that derogatory way, uh, for no reason. And just, you know, get rid of them, get rid of them all. But how about the Raiders? Like allowing him to resign and not just firing him immediately. I know that's. I mean, you know, that'll get lost in the in the in the sauce throughout the history of how this all goes down. But like, Davis, just have a backbone. Get rid of him. Don't let him quit. Like, don't let him you know weasel his way out of there as if it was his decision or on his own volition. Like, step up and get him out of there yourself. I thought I not as nearly as important as everything else that came came um you know came from this and uh you know there's obviously it's been it's been covered ad nauseum this past week but just i don't know that just really rubbed me the wrong way like you couldn't just you couldn't just step up and actually do that and just and just rid yourself and get get it done yourselves i don't know what you guys think about that
0: hello you go boom uh
2: yeah i mean i think you pretty much said it cap like and that's yeah. fair that, that that's what's kind of like bothered you i honestly hadn't even thought about that specific um angle of the, whole
1: thi- the whole thing bothers me and i know I, just because you know people aren't tuning in. we're not trying to give our our takes here five or six days later about what everyone knows i think we can all agree that it's it's ridiculous and the whole well, good thank thank goodness that he's gone it just that's just something that kind of stood out for me like get got uh swept under the rug i guess a little bit
0: the thing that jumps out to me, and there's a report on ESPN right now, and there's there's two sides to this, but uh, the NFL has basically said we found no other current team or league personnel to have sent emails containing racist, anti-gay, or misogynistic language. Um, sure, I'm I'm sure that's true. I'm sure John Gruden was just sending these emails into a empty echo chamber, and nobody had anything. Nobody said anything wrong. Was anything wrong with what he said? And nobody said anything, nobody piled on. I'm sure that's exactly how that
1: went. Yeah, there um, were no replies. There were no replies I, I, or or anything. He just kept
0: sending them, them out. He's Come just on, like, Oh, right. let me try this one. Um, unprovoked. Unprovoked, yeah. right? Yeah. And and also, shout out to ESPN for uh just basically having the white gloves on this story. Um, when it's pretty clear that John Gruden was working at ESPN when with he was an ESPN employee. Yeah, so yeah. um yeah, I'm. I'm sure we're not going to look into any of the emails at ESPN either. I'm sure that's a completely. Uh, they're very uh, pro diversity. You can just ask uh, all of their uh, sportscasters. Seems like ESPN's really up and up on this whole thing. So mm-hmm. it's it's a farce. Um, obviously, yeah. great just, It's unbelievable the way that this has been handled. Um, not shocking. Um, I think a few of the guys that were really good on this were uh, Randy Moss. Uh, was super good on Sunday when he was discussing this before Gruden even got fired, just being telling everyone what he wanted to see, Um, and pat on the back to ESPN for giving him the space and the platform to do that. Um, But yeah, super disappointed in basically everybody else that's involved in the story. Um, Adam Schefter couldn't be more disappointed in the way this has went, the things that have come out about his journalistic integrity and the emails that he sent out from his end.
1: So um what what the, happened with jefter what happened i just saw a quick what sorry he sent some. yeah skin, or yeah skin, he, and like it's right? there's
0: no i'm i'm grasping at straws here too but he basically sent an email to bruce allen being like mr editor which was his way to just kind of circumvent the whole uh the integrity part of everything uh was there anything in this story that i got wrong or that you want me to change or tweak before it gets published. Oh, um okay. so yeah, there, there there's just uh and obviously there's people pulling strings when you have someone who's breaking news at at like as consistently as Adam Schefter does it. Um there's obviously going to be some inside sources and some relationships that come along with with doing that and it's it's not a, it's a thankless job I'm sure, but um I don't know, just it doesn't feel like we're ever going to get the full story on this. It's Mm -hmm. just going to be written down as a end line in John Gruden's storied career, which we still can say Um, he was a really good coach when he was coaching, uh, especially, especially early in his career. Um, But yeah, like it just, it's, it's heartbreaking to see toll that it took on someone like Carl Nassib um, this was one of the franchises who I, I think even on this podcast, we're like, these guys are handling this perfectly. We love like that they're being so inclusive. And for this to come out just kind of puts a red stain on everything that we were saying uh, earlier on in the season and preseason um, about what we thought of the Raiders, how they started this season. And I would not put even a dollar on the Raiders to win a game. This week, Um, I just, I have no idea how they're going to respond to this. Just got to see it. The other
2: uh, culprit or, you know, the root of this whole investigation is the Washington football team. Yeah, And uh, then sure enough, they've received a lot of and justified criticism for announcing, you know, within a couple days when all of this news comes out that they're going to be retiring Sean Taylor's Jersey into the rafters. And it's like, like you, I'm sure you guys saw it going around. It's like, it's either uh, that's either the worst PR department of all time, or just a a horrible deplorable attempt to avert attention elsewhere. from the fact that their franchise is the root of where all this began and, um, I I agree with that you know it, it is and I think it's I, I think it's the latter I think they are trying to create a distraction and I think it was a, a strategic move I think it was both of those things
1: yeah four, and four, why four, why hadn't his number been retired already anyway like what are, well, I couldn't believe when I saw that I just assumed that it would have been by now like are you kidding me this is and this is when you choose to do it such a joke all these guys are such are just snake oil salesmen, Gruden among them. Like, get out of here. So glad he got caught. So glad he's he got what's coming to him. And Washington is just, you know, the bottom yeah. of the barrel of, of franchises, right? Like, literally as bad as it gets, I think, in pro sports. I, I don't, yeah. like, yeah. Just At terribly. least ownership-wise. Ownership-wise, so. yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, was Did you have one more item you wanted to address, Cap?
1: I just wanted to bring up the Monday nighter with Lamar versus Indianapolis because um, he was amazing. Um, And, you know, in the the fourth quarter and overtime, especially. And, yeah, this is going to sound like I'm – like I don't want to take anything away from him because he was so good. But, like, they needed that performance from him to win in overtime against the Colts, including – Two Colts missed field goal, like a blocked field goal. Um, uh, Another miss at the end, of, like at the horn, that they would have just, you know, lost because Blankenship, yeah. the kicker, has like a torn hamstring or whatever was going on. Uh, The the Colts, after Lamar fumbles on the one, unbelievable. Then the Colts, they get called for a, for a forward lateral, right? On the run back, which easily could have been a touchdown, right? So it's just, as great as it was, and he was he was like so fun to watch. And when that defense is tired, I don't know how you stop them right in the fourth quarter. If your lead isn't big enough, then like, good luck. But that's, it was kind of more like, all right, Baltimore, like you kind of needed basically a mini miracle in order to win the game. It's just something that I didn't really feel was, uh, was hit on this week. It was just all Lamar, 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 which fair enough. Like, Hey, stay positive. He deserves it. He was incredible, but um, they should have lost. Really? They should have lost. Yeah.
2: If I may, uh, so I missed that entire game. Okay, um, but regardless, like let's let's take it back a step further. Um, do you
0: remember the Detroit game at Detroit? Oh. Yeah,
1: kidding. Okay. Yeah, that's
0: or yeah. or the the Oakland game. That, or, sorry, Oakland, the Las Vegas game that they should have won, <laughs> and yeah. like. Yeah. As much as the Bills are the best team in football, and it seems like they're the best team in football right now, the Ravens are the funnest team to watch in football right now. Yeah. Which is for a what we thought would be a one-dimensional offense and the same like running like merry-go-round, great defense that we always have every year from them. Um, they've made a way. They've found a way to make absolutely every game they're in uh, like must-see TV. Um, other than the Denver game, the Denver game they just kind of blew them out. But yeah. other than that, they I'd, I've had a great time watching all of the Ravens.
1: Oh, games,
0: good drama. For sure, yeah.
1: they're never out of it. Anything can happen, you yeah. know.
0: Play like, like snap to snap with Lamar is just oh, like yeah. a it's, roller coaster. You it's never know, it's as entertaining
1: what's as any team. But I, I just feel yeah. like we're good enough to just uh, you know play a normal game. But <laughs> yeah. uh, hey, when you have the Magic Man back there, then you know you have that extra like card to play, and they did, yeah. and they won.
2: So uh, we started off the show discussing uh, Scott's highly efficient efficient mode that we were just kind of feeling. We were on that vibe. Well, we got two minutes exactly, boys. I'm not offering any picks in terms of our best bets. So I don't know how much time you need. Who wants to go first? I'm going to leave the floor to either of you. I'm taking this week off. I need to. I was heavy on Godwin last night. It was the perfect game for him to excel. He didn't. He did in the first half, nothing in the second half. So floor is yours.
1: Okay, I'll go. So my my favorite go. pick of the week are the Titans plus five and a half on uh, on Monday. Is it Sunday night or Monday night? Um, on Monday night against the Bills, yeah. I just think it's a good spot. I like the number. I I also like their ability to to score late if they have the back door. Not an anti-Bills. I just think um, five and a half. I like it. I like a tight game there. I like a like a 31-28 type score either way, and um. If I had to give out one more, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna lay it with the Bengals, man. Like, I don't know how many of these games Detroit can bounce back from. They easily could have won last week against Minnesota, but I'll take Cincinnati minus three and a half, and uh, let's see what Burrow and Chase can do. Nice,
0: well, you, got, you guys. Yeah, you might think I'm crazy, but I'm going. Uh, I've got two two that I feel really good about. I've got them all in a three team parlay. Um, Cowboys minus three and a half in New England. I just think the Cowboys, that high powered offense is is very legit and their defense is good. I know Trayvon Diggs is a game time decision, but if he plays, I think that's going to be a really tough day for uh Mac. I almost call him Mac McClung, Mac Jones. Um, 30 seconds. You have 30 uh, seconds. Uh, then McClung I've got the Chargers, Chargers plus two and a half. I think they're maybe the best team in football as well. And like then it. the Bears plus six, which is my underdog upset of the week i think justin Fields might have his coming out party this week
2: he's due for a breakout um there you have it you got some picks you got some nfl talk and of course you got some bucks talk thanks for joining us folks look forward to seeing you next week most likely monday at 7 p.m right here on bucks report until then be well and go bucks